Well, good morning, everyone. It is good to see you. A little snowy outside, but it is warm in here. So stand up and turn around and don't move around too much, but tell somebody that you are excited to see them in church this morning. Just yell at them.
Amen. You guys have a seat. We got a baptism. Amen. Good morning, church. You are sounding good. Do we, do we have any souls on fire this morning? All right. Come on down here. Sam and we got Nick today. And uh, this is the Matapas. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Been working on that a little bit. And uh, they've been coming for a few months and sitting right up here in the front. And I've uh, got to know them. And they're an awesome couple. And uh, they uh, shared their, their trust in the Lord and their desire to follow the Lord in baptism and be a part of the church. And I'm really excited for both of them. And uh, I'm going to start with the ladies first. And, and so this is Sam or Samantha. And uh, she knows Jesus personally. And uh, Sam, it's my privilege to baptize you as a sister in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. testimony about uh, coming to know the Lord and, and really the last little bit really seeking the Lord and uh, just an awesome testimony his excitement he's he told me some of the preachers he's listening to and just uh, a desire to uh, to follow after the Lord and uh, Nick I look forward to seeing what the Lord has in store for you and Sam it's my privilege to baptize you today as a brother in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit Father, I thank you for this family, and uh, Lord, thank you for their faith. Uh, Lord, just for the ways in their lives that you've showed them that you're real, and uh, that Jesus loved them, died for them. I just thank you for their desire to follow you in baptism, and be a part of the church, and to grow, and help us to come alongside them, and encourage them. And we just thank you to, to see the harvest, Lord. And we know you're the God of the harvest, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've got a couple of announcements. If it is your first time visiting or watching at home, we want to welcome you, and thanks for tuning in with us and uh, choosing to worship with us. Um, we have a ladies' survey for the ladies' ministry. So women, if you want to get involved in that, there's a survey online that you can take, and it kind of asks about your interest and asks about what your strengths and things might be, but it kind of gives them a number of what they're dealing with. And we are also doing a men's discipleship training I'm trying, always got to remember what days it's on. So it's Wednesday, 6.30 in the morning, 6.30 in the evening, Sundays at 7, and Sundays at 9.30. And they'll be going through that uh, together. There's a sign-up sheet that Brad has put out in Jim Westfall. I think if you have any questions, you can grab one of those guys. And I think there's something on um, uh, the realm, the website, okay, something on the website. Um, so you can kind of sign up for that. 
And um, the First Impressions team is looking for volunteers. They said it's super easy. So if you're looking at, to do something in the service and, it, and it's, you want something that's pretty easy, uh, you can talk to Carla Biddle or you can go out to the First Impressions desk and talk to them. But um, that is awesome. We had two baptisms today, and we are going to sing together again. So stand up. This is a newer song, and there's some clapping in it. So what is it? What is it? Oh, Jesse's going to do it. Yeah, you can stand for that. Jess, I almost forgot about Jesse. Um, Jesse's going to read a Bible verse for you. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by the words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. There are then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, you want to see a sign from you. He answered, A wicked and adulterous generation ask for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So, um... If you see some of these young adults who come out to read some of this stuff in the hallways, or I know we kind of usher out of here pretty quickly, but tell them that you appreciate it. Um, not many 15-year-olds would wake up at 7 a.m. on Sunday morning to come and, and play and practice with a praise team. So J Jesse does that with us. So. And we're teaching her all sorts of good things. So uh, <laughs> there's a new song. We want you guys to sing along with us.
seat for a minute. Um, I had asked Lindsay to do this song uh, a couple of, about a month ago, I guess. And uh, as the week kind of went on and all of our lives kind of continue on, I thought about God not giving us any of himself in pieces, but how often I approach him and just give him just a couple of pieces of myself and then keep a couple pieces back. So we actually talked about it in Sunday school this morning, but... uh, this is one of those songs as, as you listen to the words and the lyrics and what, what did you say in Sunday school? Just do what it says. Just do, just do what it says. So, uh, Lindsay's going to sing this one.
One said long ago, and many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but the, in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. 
And so we can know him. Uh, he has given us himself in the person of his son. And so let's go to him in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you that you have revealed yourself completely to us in the person of your son, Jesus Christ, that we can know you. Uh, Lord, thank you for Jesus who came and uh, not just in part, but in full, lived a life, uh, knows what we go through, can sympathize with us in our weakness, was tempted as we are yet without sin. Thank you for that. I pray that Jesus will be lifted up this morning. Lord, I pray that we'll be wowed when we think about how much you love us. Lord, I pray that every person listening and gathered in this room understands and knows the love of God that was displayed in Jesus and primarily in the cross where you hung and died for our sins. And we pray you'd speak this morning in a powerful way through your word. Give us ears to hear and receptive hearts. And Lord, we want to have hearts that would respond to you this morning. We pray you'd give those to us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you'll turn to Matthew chapter 14 this morning, we're in a series called uh, Turning Our Eyes Upon Jesus, and uh, you know it's so easy to be distracted, and uh, we have to intentionally refocus upon Jesus, and uh, we're going to try to do that this morning for a few minutes in Matthew chapter 14. God kind of put this chapter on my heart Thursday morning. This is the chapter where Jesus feeds the 5,000 men plus women and children, so maybe 20,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. And so already some amazing things going on in this chapter. And we're going to look at verses 22 through 33. Would you stand with me one more time and we'll dive in here. I told them we finished up Matthew 6 on Wednesday night. And, and, and in the end of Matthew 6, Jesus gives us every reason not to worry. You know, we don't have to worry when we can trust our Heavenly Father, who knows what we need. And, uh, and this is a, a similar passage here. It says in verse 22, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if, you, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. You can be seated. Listen, our prayer this morning is that you know what the disciples knew, that truly Jesus is the Son of God. I hope you know that this morning. And uh, let me just kind of set the context here this morning. It's been a busy day for Jesus and the disciples. There's a multitude that's come around them, and, and they've ministered to them, and they've fed them, and they've taught them the Word. And now it's time for them to go. And so we come to verse 22, and it says immediately, uh, Jesus told them to get in the boat. And uh, the, the language there is that he strongly urged the disciples to get into the boat and to go to the other side. And he was going to dismiss the crowds. And so a few reasons for why he sent them away. 
one reason we're told in John chapter 6, which is a parallel account of this, is that the crowds, they, they experienced this great feeding, and they were going to make Jesus king. It says in John six fifteen, perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. And Jesus knew the time wasn't for that. And, uh, and so I think he sent his men away to remove them from that kind of thinking. And uh, he didn't want them to get caught up in the, the frenzy over the miracles. And then verse 23 tells us another reason. Uh, Jesus sent the disciples away, and that was so that he could get alone and spend some time with his father. Uh, verse 23, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And we know that as we go through the Gospels, we regularly see Jesus getting alone, away from everybody else, and spending time with the Father. I could point out just a few passages, uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 35, and rising early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Anybody like to get up early in the morning and go be with Jesus? Yeah. Uh, we could turn over to Luke, uh, Luke chapter 6. Verse 12 says, In these days he went, up out of the, uh, went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And well, we can just look at several places, and we quickly realize that, that prayer uh, with the Father was so important to Jesus, and uh, it should be important to us. Uh, Leonard Ravenhill said, The secret of praying is praying in secret. The secret of praying is praying in secret. Jesus knew that secret, and he got along with the Father. And, and so I was planning on talking about prayer this morning, and spending time alone with our Lord is so important to us spiritually. We need time with Jesus. Listen, we need the discipline of prayer, and we need to guard that prayer time. There's lots of distractions out there. We need to guard that prayer time. We need to come and sit in his presence, cast all of our cares upon him, seek his face and his guidance for our lives. Raven Hill went on to say that the man who can get believers to praying would, under God, usher in the greatest revival that the world has ever known. Listen, we, we want to see revival in our land, I, at least I do. It starts with prayer. It starts with God's people in prayer, asking God to come and move amongst us. And so there was all kinds of things going on in Jesus' ministry, uh, but he needed to spend time with his Father in prayer. And what a lesson for us. We should be a people of, of prayer, seeking the Lord's help for every turn in this road of, of life that we're on. Church, we have a new president. We have a new administration. You might agree with them. You might not, but we're called to pray for them. They need our prayers. There is a, a special, I think, unusual, maybe is a better word, unusual receptivity, I think, right now uh, for people to, to hear the word. I, I, we've had some visitors lately. They're really receptive to discussions about the Lord, and, and uh, I, I hope you're seeing some of that, but I, I feel like this is a special time, and so we want to pray that, that God would allow our church to see a great harvest this year. Anybody want to see a great harvest this year? See people saved? Yeah, and not just, we, we don't want to hog it all here at Burlington Baptist, but, but we want it, we want to see it, and so we, we pray and ask God to, to help us, and maybe a third reason that for the disciples being sent away had to do with the disciples themselves. After all that they had seen Jesus do, they, they seemed to still have some doubts and, and disbeliefs. And uh, Jesus, 
uses this storm to reveal his deity and, and his power so that the disciples could see it one more time. And, and so, listen, when this, when this miracle is preached, uh, most often we, we talk about the, the storms of life. And, and uh, we preachers, we like to emphasize the truth that Jesus helps us through the storms of life. Is that true? Yeah, shake your head like this. It's true. I mean, he's faithful. And, yeah, but I, I want to, uh, and there's lots of hurting people. And, uh, and people need to know the faithfulness of God and uh, Philip Brooks said, if you preach to hurting people, you'll never lack for a congregation. And that's true. And listen, there's all kinds of hurting people, discouraged people right now, and, and they need to hear the truths of God's Word. And, uh, but I want to just kind of approach this text a little bit different this morning. Jesus makes a statement in this passage to, to the disciples, but it's a, a statement that I think He wants all of us to hear, and it's in verse 27. And uh, I asked the early service, what's the most common command in the Scriptures? And some of you know what it is. It's, it's fear not, or do not be afraid. Uh, 366, some say 365, but 366 times it says, do not be afraid or fear not. So why does God tell us uh, more than anything else, why does he tell us not to be afraid? Well, I, I believe the number one reason why people don't serve or do what God asks us to do is because of fear. We, uh, so often we're fearful to step up. Uh, we're fearful to step out for Jesus. I think it's one of the number one weapons of the enemy is to, for us to be fearful. And so how do we have freedom from our fear? Well, we're going to learn some things in this passage. Uh, verse 23 at the end, when evening came, he was there alone. Jesus is on the mountain alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land. Now, if you, some, some translations say uh, many stadia, or that's an eighth of a mile. Uh, John 6, which again is a parallel account, says that uh, they were three or four miles out. So they're, they're kind of right in the middle of the, the sea, and, and there's these winds that come up, and they're beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. The wind was hostile towards them, or over again, that's the language. And so, now the disciples had found themselves in a storm once before, if you look back to, to Matthew chapter 8, in that time, that's when Jesus was asleep down below, and they went down there and said, Lord, wake up, don't you care? We're, we're, we're dying, we're perishing. And he got up and calmed the seas. And, but anyway, listen, on our journey with Jesus, there are going to be some storms. And most of us can attest to going through certain storms in our life, and there are many reasons for storms. Uh, some storms are for our correcting we think about Jonah. Uh, God called Jonah to go to the people of Nineveh, and instead of going to Nineveh, he heads in the other direction and is heading to Tarshish, and God sends a, a great storm. Jonah 1.4, But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest or storm on the sea, and so that the ship threatened to, to break up. And so we know the account. They throwed him over. But that was a storm for his correcting or his discipline. Well, that's not the case here in, in Matthew 14 because Jesus had sent them away and they just did what he said. Some storms are for our perfecting. Some storms help us to, to mature and to, to grow in our faith in, in Jesus. And so we could call the, these storms of perfection or discipleship maybe. And listen, the Christian journey, walk with Jesus is, I mean, sometimes we think it's supposed to be smooth sailing. Well, it's not that way. Jesus told us it wasn't going to be that way. In John 16, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. 
and, and our peace is in Jesus. But in the world, you're going to have tribulation and storms and some tough times. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so did Jesus know this storm was coming? Yeah, you can shake your head like this. Yeah, he, he, he knew it was coming. Of course, I, I suspect that he planned it just for this occasion. And what you and I need to, to remember today, when we face our storms, the truth is that God often stands behind the storms in our lives. Now, if you say, where do you get that? Well, I'll get it throughout the Scriptures. Isaiah 45, 7, I form light and create darkness. We prefer the light, but I make well-being and create calamity. God says, I create calamity. I'm the Lord who does all these things. We just uh, went through the book of Job, and we remember in the book of Job that it was God who suggested Job to Satan. Remember that? Job 2, verse 3, and the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him on the earth, a blameless upright man who fears God. And Have you considered Job? And so and we'll strap on our, our big boy pants this morning. Listen, if you and I are going through a storm, it's because the Lord sent us through it. And, uh, you know, I, I know some people have a problem with that truth, but uh, I'm telling you, church, it should give us some comfort. And you say, why is it comfortable to know that, that God sent us into a storm? Listen, if there is one area in our lives that is outside His control, we're in serious trouble. If there's one area. Listen, if Satan or the world, or, or this flesh is able to disrupt my life in some way apart from the permission of God, then there is no area in life that's safe. But if God's in control, and I believe He is, uh, whatever He brings into our lives, He is always able to work it for our good and for His glory. Always. Romans 8, 28. We, we know that. We, we should know that. We should love that verse. And we know that for those who love God, and I think that's probably most of us in here. For those of us who love God, God works all things together for good. God works them together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. And we can, we can claim that. We can know that God is able to take even the storms in our lives. And so how do we have freedom from fear? Well, I'm going to give you five suggestions from this passage. The first one is we affirm the Lord's presence. We affirm the Lord's presence. The disciples are filled with fear because the boat is being battered by the winds and the waves. And I, I've said, listen, I've been in a house when there's a storm, and that, that's scary enough. But I, I can't imagine, I, I don't even like water that much, but I can imagine being in a boat, a Peter boat, and the water's and the storm's coming. But anyway, that's where they're at. And verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And so, listen, when facing fears and trials and storms, it often sometimes feels like the Lord has deserted us. But that's not the case. Isaiah 43, 2 ensures us that when we pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the waters, when it, when it gets windy and, and rough, and the Lord says, I'll be with you. Jesus is always present in the storms of life. And we, we might not recognize His presence. Notice the disciples there. And, and when the disciples saw Him, they said, it's a ghost. What, what is that? And they cried out in fear. Now, I point out here that sometimes the Lord lets us spend a little bit of time in the storm. It's the fourth watch, which means it's, it's 3 a.m. Or, or later. And, and so they've spent a little bit of time in this storm. And, and, uh, but the Lord is always present. His timing is always perfect. It's, it's not always as soon as we want it, but it's always perfect. He, he always shows up at just the right time. And, 
Uh, Deuteronomy 31, 8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. It's the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Somebody needs to memorize that. The Lord goes before you. He's with you. He won't leave you or forsake you. Listen, you, you want freedom from fear? Then you have to affirm the Lord's presence in your storm. The Lord's presence. Well, listen, one of my favorites is Psalm 56.3. When I'm afraid, I'll trust in you. I've known that verse forever. But when I'm afraid, you know what I do? I trust in Him. He's there. His, his presence. Secondly, we need to acknowledge the Lord's praying. What was Jesus doing while the disciples are in the storm? Verse 23, what's he doing? He's praying. Yeah, he's on the mountainside praying. While you may be going through a storm, guess what Jesus is doing? Romans 8, 34, he's always making intercession for us. He's always making intercession for us. I, I asked this question, I maybe have asked this before. If, if you knew that Jesus was in the room praying for you, would you be fearful? And you say, well, of course not. If I knew it, no. Well, he is. I mean, Romans 8, 34, just Christ Jesus is the one who died. We know that. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. What's Jesus doing right now? He's interceding for us. He has the ear of the Father, and he is interceding for us. I, Luke 22 is an interesting account. Jesus says to Peter, this is verse 31, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he may sift you like wheat. Now, I don't want, I don't want to hear that, but and Peter didn't either. He, basically, Jesus said Satan, has, Satan wants to come against you. And, and we would expect, I, I think, well, maybe Jesus would say, I said, get back, Jack, you're not messing with Peter. But Jesus doesn't say that. In, in the next verse, verse 32, he says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. I didn't stop him. I prayed for you. And so listen, church, the next time you're going through a trial, through a storm, remind yourself that you have a Savior in heaven who is praying for you. He is praying for your faith that it would be strong. He is praying that you will not fail. He'll, he's praying that you not succumb to the temptation. And so in the midst of our fears, I, I believe the Lord would want some of us to hear what he spoke to the disciples there in verse 27. He said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Some of you here this morning, you need to hear those words, do not be afraid. Fear not. Because the Lord is here. I'm with you, and I'm praying for you, and I'm going to use this for good. Now, there's probably 12 disciples in the boat. If they are all there, I don't didn't mention any of them not being there. I, I don't know how 11 of them responded to, to that, that exhortation not to be afraid. But, but Peter, he, he took those words to heart. And, and he saw this as an opportunity for a spiritual adventure. And, and we love verse 28. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you. And Peter knew who it was. Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Now listen, church, the storm's still brewing, the wind's blowing, it's beating against the boat, and Peter wants to get out of the boat and go to see Jesus. So why didn't he jump in? Well, I don't think Matthew is encouraging spiritual risk-taking here. Rather, he's teaching obedience. Uh, Peter's not as goofy as we make him out to be sometimes. He, he realized that maybe I ought to uh, make sure Jesus thinks this is a good ideal before I jump out. And so he says, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. 
And so let me throw in a little warning here. If you're if you have an urge to take a spiritual risk, you, you better make sure Jesus wants you to. Uh, and so spend some time in prayer about that first. But but notice what Jesus says. He he says, Come. You see that in verse 29? I think he says, Come pretty often in our lives. He didn't say, Peter, if you go for it, Peter. If you think you can walk on the water. He didn't say that. He commands Peter, it's, this is an imperative, come. Now, we talk about fear. Think about this. Who thinks it would be fearful to get out of the water, get out of the boat when there's a storm? I mean, I, even if it's not a storm. But, but the, the, I mean, the disciples are trying to stay in the boat. I mean, the boat. And, and here's Peter. He, he wants to get out of the boat and walk to Jesus. And, and so if we want freedom from fear, thirdly, we have to admit the, the Lord's provision. When Jesus commanded him to come, he was providing a way for Peter to, to obey. Now, we've all heard that who God calls, he equips. I believe that's true. Who God calls, he equips. And whenever Jesus calls, he always provides a way. If Jesus is calling you to get out of a boat, whatever the boat is, he will provide a way. Now, we like to have it all figured out, and we don't always have it figured out, but we can trust the Lord. He is Jehovah Jireh. Amen. He's the Lord who provides. And I, I can give you a testimony to his provisions. And many of you can testify that the Lord provides. And so verse 29, so Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Now think about Peter. He, he's kind of the leader amongst the disciples. He's, his name's always mentioned first. We believe he's the oldest. He's within that inner circle with Peter, James, and John. And uh, Jesus called him Peter, meaning the rock. And, and we criticize Peter a lot. He, he has a tendency to stick his foot in his mouth, and, and he sinks. I mean, he begins to look at the waves and, and becomes fearful. But, but church, listen, at least he got out of the boat. Amen? At least he got out of the boat. I mean, and people say, well, he denied Jesus three times. Yeah, but at least he was in the courtyard. I mean, the other disciples had deserted him. And so he made it that far. He, he, he made it to, to the courtyard. And, and so... Uh, some of you here, and, and listen, you've been through your share of storms in life, and, and uh, I think sometimes God has you here for a reason. For those of you who have experienced more storms, I bet many of you can testify that you've seen God's faithfulness more than others. And we need your wisdom and your testimonies and your encouragement. Uh, and I was thinking about this little lady at our last church, Barbara. She was about this tall, white-headed. Uh, just a fireball. And uh, her and her husband once, they packed up and, and moved to Belize. And they wanted to help the people there, and they wanted to share the gospel, and they, they moved there, and, and uh, they got robbed, and he got hit with a pop with a Coke bottle and about killed him, and, and they, they got stories. But she wasn't afraid of anything. I mean, and, and she wasn't afraid of the dirty work of ministry. And listen, there was no one in town that she was afraid of. The roughest, the neediest people, she, she would reach out to them and, Listen, I, I, I told him in the first service, I got a doctorate degree in biblical counseling, but sometimes I learn more for her in five minutes than five years of seminary. Because she had such a big view of God, and she wasn't afraid. to. She, she just wanted to be an instrument of his. And, and some of you have been through some of the harshest storms imaginable. And we need you to, to testify and to encourage us. Listen, we have a tendency to want to stay in the boat. Safe in the boat. We like the boat. We have a tendency to want to stay there. And, 
And sometimes we need to encourage one another to get out of the boat and go with Jesus. And I believe there's something inside of us. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit that, that says there's more to life than sitting in a boat. And sometimes something inside of us wants to walk on water and go on an adventure with Jesus. And I've said this before. I think one of the reasons why Jenny and I here at Burlington Baptist Church is, you know, I used to pray all the time. And I don't pray this as much as I used to. I'm afraid sometimes to pray it. But uh, I used to pray, God, wherever you want us to go, give us faith and courage to go. And I don't pray that as much as I used to. Jenny's like, don't keep praying that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I... I think I got a little comfortable in Lancaster. It's a comfortable boat, and I think sometimes God says, I got a new adventure for you. And listen, as we go through this series about turning our eyes upon Jesus, I listen, anytime Jesus invites you to get out of the boat and go with him on an adventure, listen, go. Go. And he'll provide a way. Uh, listen, we, we, this COVID has kept us from going on mission trips lately, but if you've been on a mission trip and you spend a week just being the hands and feet of, it's hard to leave at the end of the week. And, and the reason that's hard to leave because of that week you've kind of gotten out of your boat and you've gotten out of your comfort zone and you've walked with Jesus. And you, th- I don't want to go back to, that's the adventure that Jesus often invites us to. And we, we like to stay in our boats. And you say, well, what, you know, what, what, a boat is really anything that we look forward to safety and security apart from God. Our boat is whatever we trust in most when the storm comes. Our boat could be just what we fear giving up when we think about going on an adventure with, with Jesus. Now, listen, I, I told, I'm not calling, telling anybody to quit your job today and go to Africa. Don't do that unless you know Jesus says come. I mean, don't, don't just come up with something and do it. Uh, and seek the Lord in that. Uh, but recognize that if God is calling you to get out of the boat, whatever it is, He will provide the means. Listen, when, when God called me into ministry, I had a, a nice, comfortable job, and we had a new house and two kids, and everything was going well. And, and then I knew God was calling me to get out of that boat. And w- when I started seminary and quit my job, listen, He started providing opportunities, opening doors. I mean, I look back 20 years and just think, man, God, you just... You are so gracious, and, and it has been an adventure. It's still an adventure. We, we're still on an adventure. Five or six years ago, we had some friends who felt like God was calling them to go to Haiti. They sold their house, sold just almost everything they had, and they moved to Haiti, and listen, God has provided every step of the way for them, and he'll do the same for you. And so anybody, anybody grown tired of sitting in a boat? Maybe God's put something on your heart, and It's risky. And you ain't got it all figured out. And listen, you, you don't have to have it all figured out. Do what Peter did. Lord, if, if you want me to, you just you tell me to come. Do, do, do what Peter did. And, and maybe the Lord's already, maybe you've already, maybe you already know that he's inviting you to come. And listen, what in the world are you waiting for? What, what if God wants to call out another Kyle and Molly to go to the nations? What if God wants to raise up some church planners or, or pastors or Bible teachers or youth pastors or medical missionaries or, or Christian politicians? We, we, we've decided we need some of those. What if God wants to call you to something like that? Now, we know what happened to Peter. He got out there and he began to 
I mean, we commend him for that. We, he got there and he began to look around and see the wind and the waves and all this. And he got his eyes off Jesus and he started to sink and the waves came. And, and verse 30 says, when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Listen, that's not uncommon. When, when I started in ministry, I, I think there were lots of times where I cried out, Lord, save me. And just lots of reasons. We, You know, uh, there's waves and it's scary. And I had a family support and I couldn't speak. I and I and I, the thing that I've told you before, I didn't like people, and so when uh, when I felt the call, I was like, Lord, I, you know, I got some pretty big things here. I I don't, I mean, I like people, but I told them I I didn't like being with people, and uh, you know, if you're in ministry, you got to be with people sometimes. And so I and I can't speak, and my get these, you know, lots of times I cried out, Lord, save me. Verse thirty-one, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him. You like that? I mean, he didn't make him. <laughs> He didn't let him get down under the... No, he reached out his hands and took hold of him. And listen, uh, fourthly, announced the Lord's power. Jesus has the power to lift us to safety even when we lose faith and we begin to sink. And, and after he, he saved Peter, he said, Oh, you little faith, why did you doubt? And listen, I can say I've experienced the Lord's presence and power and provision so many times. And, and I believe in the power of God. I, I believe in the sovereignty of God. I, man, he's, he's his, and yet there are times when I doubt. And so today, let's be reminded of God's power. He is all-powerful, and there is no storm that He can't handle. Listen, there is no crisis that He can't deal with. And then notice verse 32. Notice the power here. The wind ceased. And when He got in the boat, the wind ceased. That, that's power, isn't it? And then the final point is just let's accentuate the Lord's purpose. Let's proclaim, let's emphasize. Jesus has a purpose for the storms in life, and he uses them for our good and for his glory. And verse 33 says, And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of... They worshipped him. That didn't mean that they, they got out and had a worship. No, they, that proskuneo, it means to kneel before, to fall down on their face, to magnify. That's what worship is all about. It's about magnifying the Lord and... You know, for 20 years I've heard about these worship wars and we argue over what we sing and all that nonsense. And then some people talk about boredom. I'm, I'm bored in worship. And I, I wonder if some of the boredom in worship isn't, not, it's not about the songs we sing. It's about the fact that some people have sat in the boat their entire life and they've never encountered God. Listen, you get out of the boat and you encounter God and you'll worship and you won't be worried about what song it is you're singing. Whether, whether you sink or swim, you'll be changed. Listen, church, you want to know what happens when you get out of the boat and you get to walk on water with Jesus a little bit? Listen, God gets a little bit bigger and your worship gets a little bit deeper and your faith gets a little bit stronger. Anybody want that? You, you get out and you walk with God and you just trust Him and He gets a little bit bigger and you, your faith gets a little stronger. And, and so I mentioned some of the purposes of the storm. Some are for our correcting. Some are for our perfecting. The final purpose is just simply that we might know Him. Disciples knew him, but when he got in the boat, they knew him. Again, that first storm in Matthew chapter 8, when he calmed the sea, they said this in Matthew 8, 27, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And so they were a little bit amazed then, but this time, verse 33, notice what they say, Truly, you are the Son of God. You know, the day before, he'd fed thousands with some fish and 
bread. And they'd seen this miracle. But it wasn't until the disciples spent some time in the middle of the storm that they acknowledged that Jesus truly was the Son of God. Listen, no mere man can cause the winds to cease or the storm. Listen, man can't do that. Truly, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I hope you know him as the Son of God today. And as we prepare to, for the invitation, listen, we're, we're going to go through some storms in life. If you know the Lord personally, you don't have to fear. Listen, Peter, Peter knew Christ personally. And that's why he says in, in verse 23, Lord, if it's, if it's you, command me to come. I, and, and that's why in verse 30, when he began to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. Some of you have never come to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And listen, I just want you to know this morning, He loves you. He loves you so much that He, again, He would step out of heaven and come to earth and live and take your sin upon Himself and bear the wrath of God against sin. He would do that. That's how much He loves you. And listen, He's inviting some of you to come and to be saved. And listen, don't, don't ignore this invitation. And listen, you may not be Peter in a sense. You might not be sinking in the water, but some of you are. You're still in your sins. And you're headed for eternal damnation in a real place called hell. And if you'll call out in faith to Jesus, like Peter, and just say, Lord, save me. You know, he reached out his hand and he saved Peter. And listen, if you cry out, Lord, save me, you know what he'll do for you? He'll extend his grace and mercy to you. He'll save you. He'll save you. Won't you bow with me? we pray just anybody here just you know you're lost and you just you would say lord save me today anybody just slip up your hand i'd love to pray for you today all right lord you see that hand today and just like you heard peter when he was thinking lord save me you you reached out and touched him and saved him and lord i pray you do that this morning you're so gracious and merciful and Lord, we get our eyes off you and we look at all the things going on around us and we, we sink sometimes, and yet you're gracious. I pray this morning you'll save someone. And Lord, there are some people here today maybe who've heard, they've heard you say come and they haven't responded in faith. I pray today you might give some courage. It might be a, maybe they heard you say come and be saved. I pray they would do that today. And maybe they've heard you say come and now that you're saved, be baptized. I, I pray they might decide to do that today or, or come and be a part of this church or come and, and serve as a greeter or, or come and be a part of a Bible study or come and go to the nations or come and give your life. Lord, I pray that for someone here that's heard your voice to come that, that they'll respond in faith and go to just trust you. Even if they don't have all the details worked out, they'll just trust you. We invite you today to to say the word come and we ask you to give us hearts that will respond to that and we pray in Jesus name amen stand with me and listen if you if you hear that voice today you, you know Jesus is saying come won't you won't you just step out and, and listen you, you don't have to know the whole journey you, you might just want to come this morning and say Lord I, I don't know where this is going to lead but I'm I'm willing Go with me. And if you need to be saved today, listen, it's as simple as Lord save me. 
Lord, I'm lost. I'm separated from you. You died for me on the cross. Lord, save me. Just, if you need to be saved today, would you, would you just respond in faith? Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to Be seated for just a moment, and I want to introduce you to 
uh, Chad and Tracy and Connor, yeah, won't y'all stand up for just a moment, Katarina? This is the Russells, and uh, they've been visiting for a long time, and they would like to be a part of Burlington Baptist. Would y'all... Yes. Grants Creek Baptist is where they come from. And, uh, yeah, you, you want to, what'd you say? No, I'm talking about Oh, okay. Yeah, so Connor's autistic, and uh, he sits up in the balcony sometimes and makes a little bit of noise. We're so glad that they come, and uh, thank you all for loving them. And... Amen. So welcome. Uh, you all welcome them. Again, we won't come by and shake their hands right now, but uh, I've got to meet them, and uh, they're an awesome couple, and uh, we're thankful. Hey, this is Connor. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Nick and, and Sam, will you all come up? We have a Bible and a certificate for you guys. <laughs> Nick, we're so excited for you and Sam. We have a Bible and a certificate just to welcome you to the family. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. All right, so uh, listen, uh, the three by three is one more week of that. If you're contacting three people three times a week, continue to do that. Thank you for doing that. I'll let Danny close, and uh, just be careful out there. I think there might be a little bit of snow, and somebody texted me and said, be careful, and so I'll pass that caution on to you. So good to see you this morning. Listen, uh, before Danny, if you want to talk about a relationship with Jesus, uh, hbest at burlingtonbaptist.org or or call us at the office. I'd love to hook up with you and, and talk to you about a relationship. Or, or if God's calling you to something else, uh, man, I'd get excited about that as well. And so let us know. And Danny, thank you. Uh, just a couple things. The Dollar Club is the clear boxes on your way out like every week if you feel led to give to that. And the offering boxes are the darker boxes back there. Say offering on them. You can't miss them. Uh, we just want to make you aware of that. But other than that, let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to come into your house. And Lord, thank you during this time you just continue to add to our number here at this church. It's just so amazing uh, to see that, Lord. And we thank you so much for that. And help us to be uh, responsible as a church with that growth and, and just get people where you want them and just help with that. Lord, we just thank you for all that you do for us. We want to lift up all of our prayer requests that we have. There's so much going on in this church with people being ill and, and going through treatment and, and recovering from things. Lord, we just ask your grace and your mercy in those situations. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.